Decorating Pages is a podcast dedicated to taking you behind the scenes of the designs of your favorite TV shows and films. Each episode, I'll be sharing design stories from some of Hollywood's most famous sets, interviews from set decorators, production designers, directors, and actors about creating the look of TV and film, about their design inspirations, and stories that take sets from page to screen. Hello, and welcome to Decorating Pages. I'm your host, Kim Wanup. So what's everybody up to? I feel like we're at the point where being creative is over. Like, we've done our little projects. We're, like, we're getting restless. And it's all about the surface, um, if it hasn't already. But um, I keep kind of laughing to myself because I'm really okay with being home and taking a break. I mean, we all work so hard and such long hours and get so consumed when we work, um, sometimes doing two or three jobs at a time. So let's just enjoy this. Just remember, let's just enjoy this. We're going to get back to work. There's way too many articles out there just trying to come up with an answer and I'm just not going to get into it this week. Um, But I do feel like it's the breaking point for Los Angeles because I can see like traffic has been picked up a little or a lot. And uh, my glorious little walks through the Grove, where we were the only ones there, now it's starting to fill up with people, which is weird. So I thought I'd give out some suggestions of how to pass the time a little bit. Um, If you haven't already, it's a great time to update your website and resume. I know I haven't yet, so I'm not really uh, keeping up with my own uh, advice here, but I'm going to get to it. It's on the list. Um, going through your photos and deleting them, that takes a chunk of time. And it's a nice little, like, down memory lane type thing. Um, doing a deep dive for some good research books. Um, one thing I do whenever I'm on hiatus is I try to connect with people I haven't talked to in a while. Uh, and it turns out basically to be the only time of year I talk to them is when I'm on hiatus, um, just to catch up with, with people that I'm not working with in a while or haven't synced up with. So it's always nice people just to send out a little email or a little text. Hi, how you doing? Checking in on people. I'm also secretly planning like a dream getaway. Um, just really sitting down, like looking at hotels, like where would we really stay? Like that would be awesome. Just a little dreaming, escaping. And I'm also trying to like educate myself, you know? Uh, I signed up for master class which I started to look into it and I was like, well, there's about 34 classes here that I'd really like to take. So why not? Plus the membership lasts for a year. And, uh, if you buy one, you get another one free. So you can like gift that or just mm, save it. I don't know if you could save it and then try to get two years out of it. That might be a good tip. Shit. I should have done that. Um, so far, I've done uh, that chick who invented the Spanx brand. She was really interesting, Robin Roberts. She had an interesting about public speaking and interviewing. Um, and then Bob Woodward, he was good. That was more of like kind of research for the show that I'm supposedly going back to. Um, so that was good. And I'm just finishing up the David Sedaris class. I love him. I love him. I love that weird little voice. And his tragically funny stories about his life. So, um, there's a couple things I hope, um, if you haven't thought of, I'm sure you have, but, um, 
to help you out. Besides that, what's one up watching? This week, I did the second season of Dead to Me. Again, looks beautiful. I wasn't really into it. I think it's gotten a pretty simple story going on. The plot's pretty basic. I don't know. I, it's fine. I watched the HBO original Bad Education with Hugh Jackman, and wow, what a story there of corruption in the school system. It's like crazy that it's based on a true story. Uh, Alice and Janney is super, and the sets are early 2000s, I believe. There's some really great details in the principal's office with uh, the set dressing by Michael Nallen. Um, I watched the Netflix documentary on Michelle Obama called Becoming, which follows her through her book tour and shows some of, like, retrospective of her growing up and experience being first lady. It was good. It made me cry. It also made me wonder what a documentary about our current first lady would be like. And I'm serious. I mean, I would watch it. I think it's, I think it's interesting what she has had to go through and what she's really thinking. And I think, you know, in a couple of years when they're divorced and uh, the gag orders lifted, she can really talk about it. Although she probably won't. She probably has have that like Katie Holmes agreement where she can never talk about anything, but probably get a big payday. Um, but I'd still, I'd watch that. Um, I'm obsessing over the ESPN 30 for 30 docuseries, The Last Dance. I did seven episodes in like two days. If you like basketball or even just interested in the process of how Michael Jordan got started and maintained his greatness or how that team all came together, it's so good. I mean, I waited till it was all done so I can binge it and I've been dying to start it, but it's, I think it's 10 episodes. Um, I loved, uh, NBA in the early nineties. I played basketball when I was young. I'm lucky that my dad, uh, took me to see the Sixers play the Bulls. So I got to see Jordan. Um, I'm just fascinated with all this and Jordan is very candid and I never knew he was like a dick. He's kind of a jerk, but I guess, you know, Hey, he's the greatest. Uh, it comes with the territory, I think, but, uh, I never, I never knew that. So I do like seeing in his interviews, which I'm assuming are in his house, that they just filmed for hours and hours. I mean, he's got like a drink next to him and a cigar that he they don't really touch. But then at a certain point, it gets to be like nighttime. So I don't know if they were ready for that. They just keep filming. It's kind of great to see. Um, other than that, I mean, it's great footage. And it seems like they've interviewed everyone and their mother for it. So um, really looking forward to finishing up that this week. In this episode, I conclude my interview with production designer Ingino Capiero. He speaks about his very unique design process in designing the film Roma. He has some extraordinary experiences working on films, and he talks about those collaborations with directors like Jim Jarmusch, uh, working and traveling in this industry with a family, and how releasing films on streaming versus theater, and his opinion on that. So I hope you enjoy. When you, um, when you just said emotions, I just thought of Roma, and how um, uh, emotional that film is. And I saw it, and I, I couldn't rewatch it this week, to before I spoke to you because it's too hard to watch now that I have kids. <laughs> I can't watch that scene again. 
uh, and it's stunning. And I was wondering when you, did you know that it right away that it was going to be black and white? And when working with the DP on that, on building all of these values um, to, to convey these emotions, I mean, it was that, was that difficult to, I mean, I mean, and it's period, and you had to do period on top of it. No, and it's period that we shot it with a camera that shows, you know, it has a in it, a huge depth of field. Mm. So, so you, so it's not that you see just the first block, block. You see the first and the second and the third block. When we were in the exteriors, it, it was a nightmare. But you know, no, it was a, a, a very very interesting process. It was a very different process uh, from from the beginning. Uh, first of all. Um, the black and white thing was since the first conversation, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Alfonso called me. I was, uh, I was actually, um, finishing a show that I did for the Cirque du Soleil that I designed for the Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was in Montreal and he called me and he said, uh, um, I have this story, this film that I want you to do that we, well, that I want to do together with you. And, uh, it's a very autobiographical film. Uh, it happens in Mexico City in this period. Um, it's black and white. Uh, and uh, I have a script, but I'm not going to share it. That, that, was the, that, that was the first conversation. Well, so, you really get uh, screwed with, like, I have a script, I'm not telling you what it is, or I don't have a script at all, but I still want you to do it. <laughs> Yes. No, I mean, yes. Yes, it happens all the time. You know, like, um, no, but it, it's... A, and I, I think that, that the result of these films are just because they completely break the rules of yeah. the way you normally do a film, you know, like uh, that you have a, a full script. But, you know, I, I must say that uh, the script of Roma that I read it when we f- finished shooting... Uh, it was uh, it's one of the most moving mm. scripts that I've read in my life. You mm. know? But but he didn't share it, and um, and because he had a, he had a, some ideas in his head, he said, "I'm not going to talk about story in this one. I'm going to talk about subjects. Which are the subjects that we want to portray?" And we talked a lot, a lot, a lot about that. You know, a lot of uh, you know a lot about. Um, these subjects, uh, you know, uh, uh, the social difference in Mexico, the position of the woman in the the social classes, obviously, uh, the political context, the the, the um, obviously the emotion of uh, of of a family that is breaking up, uh, and uh, and the point of view of the kids, uh, you know, the fact of uh, of, of how these women, um, you know leave things in a different way uh, um, um, just because they come from different context, uh, social context, you know, and, and more and more and more and more, you know, like, uh, so, so we talked about that and then it, it's very, uh, this is very strange to explain to people that does not do production design, look and set decoration. Luckily you are, in the business, so <laughs> you are a production uh, set decorator, so you will really understand what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. In this, in you know, the, I think that the film end up the way 
it does just because we start completely uh, um, backwards or let's say in a, normally when you read the script and you think of a set you said okay this is a set it's huge it's a street so th this street we have to find the street and then there's uh, billboards and then there's uh, you know there's all this what I call urban furniture, which is, you know, streetlights and things. And then yeah. there are businesses. And in these businesses, each business has, uh, you know, its own requirements of set decoration, you know, like, yeah. or this is a house and in a house, you know, you have to find the set first. And, you know, this is this is the, the house, the space. And then you go to, you know, the furniture, the paint, the furniture, and then the details, right? <laughs> but normally... It's, it's hard sometimes uh, to get into the detail uh, just because time is coming. Yeah. Uh, so you end up the process a little earlier than what it should. Even if you're a pro and you're trying to do it, it's, it's just like... Never enough time. Sometimes never enough. You, you ne there's never enough time or never enough concent concentration. But in here, we end up doing it completely reverse in a reverse form we started with the details we didn't start about how was the set but which were the toys that the kids have mm. no? so first we got the toys and then then how was the furniture how was the the, the cloth you know the the um, the fabric of the of the furniture mm -hmm. or more than what was the shape you know and mm -hmm. then you end up with the shape and then you end up doing it with the you know with the floors and with everything so when you come to the total you had already the details mm -hmm. sorted out and clear and informed the whole thing so so really it's a very different that is. approach it's, it's a very different pro process i don't know if i'm explaining myself no, well I, no I get it completely i mean i it, you are you're working backwards but it it is the details that make up the layering of who these characters are and this lived-in look and this home that they have there and yeah i i, I, to, I totally understand but, it that's hard to but do that, but that can only happy happens that can solely happen if the film is built like that you mm -hmm. know like because yeah. it's a process that it's so radical yeah. that almost all the directors will be crazy about not presenting a set uh, you know like uh, and right. presenting, presenting a toy right. or something like that you know yeah i don't think i could really walk into many meetings just with like a no. snow globe and being like Hey, this is what I'm thinking for this guy's yes. office or something. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, but in this but case, it was like just because the director wanted like that. Mm -hmm. Just because this film was built from memories, and memories starts with details. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. And uh, and so, so personal. So, so it was a beautiful experience. It's one of a kind. You know, like uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's one of those things that I will cherish all my life. It mm -hmm. sounds corny, but, uh, no. but I don't like, uh, but it, I will cherish it because it was a, a, a complete, you know, sometimes when you have, you know, 25, 30 years doing this, um, uh, you think that, that sometimes you know the processes, you know, they, yeah. sometimes they hire you because you're the one that know how, how to solve something. 
you know what is beautiful about uh, this business and roma was uh, uh, was one of those is that there's certain moments in which you have you have to you know learn again yeah forget what you learned and start it again uh with a new you know with a new optic and that's uh, what that's i mean that what that kind of refreshes you so much because there is so much in this business that can weigh you down with, uh, you know, the meetings and this and that, and, and you get away from the creativity and the process. So I'm sure, and, and I've had, you know, you know, sets and things that bring you back to, to the passion of it and why you really do it. I mean, it, that's, that's so rewarding. It is, it is. And I'm, uh, I'm, I've been lucky just because, you know, uh, um, I've been in some of those, you know, like I, the film that I did with Jim Jarmusch is called The Limits of Control. Yeah. It's a film that almost no one see, have seen. I lo- I like it a lot and Jim likes it a lot too, you know. Yeah. It was a, it's a very r- strange film. I don't know if you saw it. I, I didn't. You know, I looked. I tried to see it this week because I, I like Jim Jarmusch. I mean, I... I his films are always sort of fascinating and I love broken flowers and, and all that. It's just, I, it's, I couldn't get to it. <laughs> Sorry to say. But, oh no, I know. It's yeah. hard. It's hard. It's one of the most extreme films of, of, of Jim. It's a, it's almost like a, an essay, you know, mm-hmm. like, a, but you know, it was a beautiful way of doing it too. You know, Jim, um, you know, when we started this film, we went into a trip of locations. Where did you shoot Jim it? Jarmusch, in Spain, in Spain, Spain. Mm-hmm. In, in Madrid, then in Sevilla, and then in Alicante. Mm. No, wow. and um, so so Jim had only thirty pages of the script. <laughs> no, and the the whole idea was to build it through the experience of the location trip that we did, okay? Mm-hmm. So he had certain connections and um, and it's, um, you know, a multicasting, like his films, you know, like, it, you know, it was John Hurt and, um, and uh, Juki Kudo, it was Gael, it was Isaac de Bancole, it was the, uh, um, I, What's the name of this amazing, beautiful woman? Tilda Swinton. Uh, Tilda. It was yeah. Tilda. No, it was a, uh, you know, a couple of great Spanish actors. Uh, it was just uh, crazy, and and how he was uh, he was building the characters, and they would come just for their scene, mm-hmm. which was kind of isolated of the whole film, and he will, you know write the dialogues with them too but before that we did this trip of location the three of us you know christopher doyle the dop which you know i don't know if you remember who's him but uh you know this crazy amazing artist no uh, uh, it is a blanking on his <laughs> yes Mm-hmm. I'm blanking. I know I've probably seen his work. Well, he did in, in the Mood for Love and all the all the films of 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 of, of Karwai, you know, of Wong Karwai, oh, and yeah. uh, you know, he was a very 
he still for me is the the enfant terrible of uh, of the of the um, you know of, of the photography but you know he's crazy so he <laughs> and then uh and then you know wonderfully crazy I, i'm gonna say it. he uh jim and me just walking in the streets of spain <laughs> going to see some shows hearing certain music uh you know getting certain connections going into a place and it was beautiful to see uh, we all had a cam a little camera like a digital camera in our hands and and uh, so each one of us could take completely different pictures of one same space because of dif of different reasons you know like and it was very interesting just to put them together later and say you know <laughs> how can a space can give us so different options you know like and um, so so it it was it so that was a, also a, a gift, you know, like, uh, and I always loved Jim Jarmusch, you know, like, uh, it was uh, one of my huge inspirations when I started uh, doing films. So, I mean, it, so it, was a it seems like you, you do get to be a part of these, I mean, you have a phenomenal uh, amount of work, but the also these experiences that you're getting out of uh, making them and, you know, just like that, sharing that story of how three people can have a different look. I mean, I'm sure he's looking at the lighting and you're looking at the textures and the director's looking at like how the how the scene will come out. And I mean, how you all look at it very differently, but the collaboration is there to make it come together. You seem to yeah. keep having these experiences, which is such a phenomenal thing. I mean, I think that's what we're all sort of looking for is to get fulfillment of of how we're doing all this. It's it's really great to well, hear. I mean, I don't I don't know how how it works with everyone, just because. You know, like uh, everyone in this build business have a complete different approach to creation, and and because you know, in my time there were very few schools of of production design. We all come from completely different backgrounds and context, and you now like uh, yeah. I remember in the panel of, of of the of the ADG for the Oscars last year, we were or the BAFTAs, we were all the, nominate, the nominated, we were mm -hmm. five films to 10 people, right? And all of us come, come, come from a complete different context. You know, the set decorators and the, and the production designers, we, you know, one did architecture, the other one come from industrial design, the other one was basically uh, the coffee the coffee boy on the sets, mm -hmm. uh, me that was coming from the history of art. Uh, another one was coming, you know, from the uh, from an art school, and and completely different. So the stories are very different, and the approach are very different, very unique. And that that's what I really love about, you know, about production design is something that there's not one theory. It's not like you go to to one school and they teach it. To do it in a certain way, you know, like uh, it's it's it is it is completely uh, more open open things. And me, I think that I can talk about these experiences first of all because I was I'm not American. 
I come from a more guerrilla world in that sense. So it was not easy to get into mm. into into the industry. To tell you the truth, it was a it was a. You really sought it, it out. Was, I mean, you had to go and do it and seek it and 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 give yes, ev- yes, and yes. probably sacrifice a lot of like. Well, because nobody, I don't know if anybody's parents wants them to go to film school, but I mean, if they were like pursue films because it's such a crapshoot if you're going to make it or not. But yeah. Then, yeah, you know, the thing is, was the thing is that, uh, um, so I, so it was not easy for me and I didn't learn in an industrial world, let's say, you know, like that, that's a, so the way, only way I know, I know how to do it is, is, is more this way i've learned the tools you know the organization that it's great you know uh, the studio system is good in that sense uh too but then um the other thing that marked me is that i got the, my oscar from a film that it was not part of the studio system too, mm. you know mm-hmm. like uh, so so that that was a that was an interesting thing you know that was the, my first it was not my first award, but it was my, you know, my f- first coming to this world. I was comp- a tourist completely in, in 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 my first trip to 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 the Oscars. I, I didn't knew anyone or any. It was just like ah, I'm here, you know. Like, <laughs> uh, and and it was it was all the all the experience was like that. It was completely different the way I felt in, in, in this one in, in with, with Roma, right? Like, uh, um, it was, it was a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, um, the other thing that was interesting is that I noticed, I had this intuition, Well, I noticed very clearly that after the Oscar, all the films, that were offered by the industry, mm-hmm. let's say by Hollywood, mm-hmm. were all were all the same. Mm. It was a with certain fantasy or the Marvel, you know, or the Marvel world, which yeah. I don't have, you know, I don't have anything against that. But it was but very that's it. weird. That- I mean, that's it. There's just these huge, huge blockbusters, and then yes. these little tiny films now. And then that the middle films are very far and few between here. I mean, and hardly anything is really shot in Los Angeles at this point anyway. I think that's going to change with this pandemic. I think... Yes, people but, want not, not want to travel a yeah, lot. But they, have, they will it, have to have the, more confined, uh, let's say, you know, more more protected spaces, yeah. yes. But this, I, I agree that, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of the Marvel films just for the creativity of it. I don't necessarily, I'm not into it, but that's oh. what's that. There's so many of them in the last like five years. They've just dominated these the big budget films, and that's kind of all there is in a weird way. It's weird, very weird in the last well, you know twenty years how filming has just changed. So, so when. Uh... So when I noticed that they were offering me that thing, so I said, that's not the type of films I want to do. So even it was, you know, it was almost like a chant of a siren. No, or no, <laughs> yes, siren, you say, not the chant of a siren. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like yes, uh, it was very on. seductive, yeah. no, going to do, you know, these films, big budget films in Hollywood, 
you know, like big things, uh, which probably will lead me to some other things. I'm not, I'm not against that, but I felt that that was not what I wanted to do. And uh, so, so I moved out from that. And I think I lost some years of, of, of certain, you know, uh, let's say, well, um, you know, econ- economic retribution or whatever, you know, at the end, it, 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 um, I, I came to do after the Oscar, which was, you know, the first modern, the, the first Oscar for Mexican in the modern, yeah. you know, times, let's say, you know, like, uh, yeah. uh, so it was a huge deal in Mexico, that thing. So I really wanted to make uh, a Mexican film after the Oscar. So I got the perfect film for that. It was produced by the three amigos, by the, you know, Alfonso, Alejandro and and Guillermo. It, it's called Rudo y Curso. It had a Gael Garcia and Diego Luna on it. Uh-huh. It was a fun film to make, you know, like, uh, so, and it was good because uh, I, I, I came to Mexico. I did this film. It was a statement for me. But obviously, when you're saying no to the projects they're offering you, but well, they stop offering it to you, you know, like, so I needed to go back to Europe to pursue a career that was different. And luckily I've done, you know, luckily I've done the, the big films in Europe. I, I, I found myself a niche very, very interesting. I mean, which the, is in the Spain. movie, the film, The Impossible is, that was a, the must have been a huge, yes. that must have been a huge undertaking to try to, it was huge. It was yeah. very interesting, but it was done. And I think the success of that film is because it was done in a very different way, the way the studio would force you to do it. Because mm-hmm. this was not really a studio. There was a, a, a bunch of uh, producers, uh, European, one studio, which which is Telecinco, that they've been supporting directors in a very interesting way. They produced Pan's Labyrinth. They produced The Orphanage. So they they really bet to some some you know on the on directors on creators so so they let us do it the, our way and the way was that we thought for how to make this film for an entire year we were just hired a group of five six people you know the director the the ad mm-hmm. um, the visual effects supervisor the physical effects, you know, the special effects guy, me, uh, a couple of, uh, of eventual um, uh, in, uh, concept artists, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that's it, you know. And we were just, uh, we were just, and the DOP, no, like. Uh, did you uh, did you shoot that in the same on the same beach? Was that a different? Beach? No, it was. No, no. We shoot. We, I mean, we shoot in a water tank, and we scale one to three, and then scale one to one. Yeah. We really, re, it's a huge combination of techniques, you know. Yeah. And then we went to to Thailand to shoot in a place, you know. We went to look for locations that were devastated, but obviously. Uh, this was five years after the, right. when we shot it. It was five years after the the tsunami, and the tsunami, um, and the, the the government, the Thai government that leaves, you know, their major income is from tourism. They don't want, and tourists doesn't want to see ruins. So they basically, you know, 
rebuilt the whole area. So you barely can find a ruin or nothing like that. So we end up building a lot, huge sets, like like really, really huge physical sets uh, with, you know, with ponds, control ponds of water and, you know, all the destruction. We made it from scratch. It was a very interesting, uh, it, it was very interesting thing. Uh, there, there are some pictures also of the processes and and are great. And then with the same director, I did the, A Monster Calls, which is a film that I love. Yes. I really, really love. It's a, it's no, a it's really, a, it's a really beautiful, like just fun film. And it, mm-hmm. I, I really, I mean, it's, it's quite different from The Impossible, but it's... <laughs> yes. Yes, but it's 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 closer to Pan's Labyrinth in a certain way. You yeah, know? The, uh, the fantasy. And, yeah, the fantasy, the, the 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 possibility of escaping from your world through the art or through the imagination, you know, all those those kind of things. Uh, but it's a, a it's a very harsh context too, you know. Like it's yeah, a yeah, more yeah. realistic one. It's you know, to uh, obviously we build those those. Uh, sets in spain and we shot in manchester and uh and it was quite a it, it was also a challenging uh process for me in every sense just because uh you know the film itself was has a lot of challenge but i i had my my twins uh they were six months old and oh, yeah. uh, so we were in a different country you know with the with the with the mother of the the children with my ex-wife and so it was kind of a you know it's it's one of those difficult things where life uh you know and life and work um they go you know they go together you know like you're you're not you know one tend to think as a creator as a as an yeah, when you think in a creator, you you don't really think in how was his life when he was doing that part of things. You yeah, know, those kind of things. You 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 think of that as an independent, like if if it was an independent ent- entity, you know. Yeah. And I really love, and I really start to look at. Um, you know, from the people that I admire, it's also the context on, you know, how this personal thing led to some, this decision that end yeah. up changing the history of cinema or changing the proposal of certain artists or changing the style of, no, so you, you go deeper in also what it's, around you know what is the context in terms of uh, uh you know of the place where they lived and uh, where would they come from you know how how old how you know what what was his family or or or, or friends or 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 social and cultural context or you know or or the economic uh, the whole backstory that you're trying to figure out yourself before back, yes before yes. you're trying to but like it, convey it on the screen no but you know the strange is not just about the work you're doing it's also from the people that you admire mm-hmm. you know what i'm trying to say is that it's just that this thing that i'm that i'm trying to communicate is is that uh um for me the the the, the 
the work of an artist or the work of a creator in, in, in every sense, it's linked on who he is and what is his context. Mm -hmm. And that's a that's that's for me an important thing right now, you know? It's not just the story that you're making, it's great. And because that way also, you know, you can analyze your characters. When yeah. you're making a film, then you can analyze them in the same way. But in order to make to create a character or in order to do a film, you see and watch 300 films and you watch and analyze 300 characters, you know, just because for me, a very important part of my inspiration, it's, it's to watch films and, you know, to keep watching films and to keep reading and to keep hearing music and, you know, to keep, you know, eating well, good food with, you know, with yeah. that. The inspiration uh, comes the, from the, everywhere. I mean, it's funny. Everyone. It's funny yes. how sometimes you're inspired by the m most minimal things and or catching something like rewatching films that you haven't seen in so long and you rewatch it and with a completely different eye because, I mean, I, I know I watched Pan's Labyrinth before, but that was, you know, years ago and watching it now as a parent and seeing that little girl and it just affects you differently. And I, I'm sure, too, you would agree, like, as you get older and and you start to uh, you know live your life you start to pick projects differently of either how yeah. they're going to affect you or whether it's affecting like I have to do this because you know we need I need the job or I have to do this because it's going to fill my soul I mean there's there's different differences of why you start picking projects the more you're in this business I feel at least yeah yeah you're right I mean if you have the chance no, I don't know what's gonna happen right now. You know, like uh, if, if, in terms of the amount of work, and um, and the way and the way we will keep doing our work, we be. Uh, 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 I feel that I've been lucky up to now, and I think I I hope it it continues like that like that. Mm -hmm. But but I'm expecting a change, and uh, not not a change on for bad or anything. It's just that uh, after this. Um, things won't be they yeah. won't be back to to normality we have to create another normality I think. yeah I think so and I think I hope you know it's not going to be forever I think it's just till you know we get the uh, vaccine or whatever we get a control over it and yes. then you know and and I would hope that in some way you know fantastic stories are being written right now while people have the time or you know people yeah. the ideas and the creativity it doesn't just stop for all of us i mean you know as you were saying you just you just keep working a little bit you still you're still i'm still doing research for the show i'm on it doesn't stop so i hope that this little pause in all of our lives you know, produces something, maybe like a great, you know, production of, of more film and, and television that's inspiring. I really hope that that's what comes out of it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully that it's that. Hopefully it's, uh, yes, 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 good stories. Yeah. Good stories uh, that comes and, and probably change certain things that, uh, it's strange at the end, um, I think that what suffer more is the, the place where you have to go and put yourself in the middle of a 
of 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 a you know of a closed place with a lot of people. People yeah. will be, you know, like, and it's strange because that's uh, that's one of the things that I love the most about films. You know, like ju- just probably because of nostalgia yeah. of my own nostalgic thing, but going to the cinema as a ritual of a of a it's a social ritual, ritual too. Yeah, it's um, it was it was it's part of my deepest, um, you know, and fondest memories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, so I, 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 I'm not sure. I mean, the world is not leading us to that. It's leading to another thing, and I'm all right with that. You know, like there was a huge debate about Roma and. And and the and the reduced possibility of seeing it in cinemas, right. uh, uh, but I, but at the end for me it was a super interesting thing that a lot of people in the world had the chance of seeing it um, almost at the same time. People that 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 uh, an immense percentage of the, that people wouldn't have the chance yeah. of, uh, of of seeing the films in, in of seeing the film in a. In a movie hall, you know. I agree, and or in a I, movie I think too. I mean, because I am a huge Netflix fan, just of the content that yes. they, they put out. I think too, uh, the accessibility to get the projects to people is very important, and it is really hard to to go to the movies now when it's like forty dollars. You know, of course. To, to, you know, yeah, yeah. Go, if you go with you, a family, it's, uh, yeah, it's absurd. It's 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 insane, you know? and you know, I understand the costs and everything, but at the same time, it's driving people to just stay home and wait two weeks, and then it's going to be out. So, and our TVs are getting better, and our TVs are getting bigger. Like the, the you know, it's it's a beautiful film. It doesn't. It's not taken away at all that it's not up on the screen, and and. Even when it was released, if people really want to go see it, they will. I I really believe that. I think yeah. I, I think the same thing with the, like the Irishman. They they did the same thing. And if you want to go see it on the film, you'll make that time and effort. I I have no doubt. You know that it. it I don't think it. Yeah, changes. yeah. If you have the chance. Yeah. The thing is that the, a lot of people doesn't have the chance to. Yeah. You know, most of the people in in in, in I mean, a huge part of. Uh, Consumers of, let's say, viewers of 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 uh, of Roma are not even in a place where they have a movie cinema, right? You know, like right. a, a movie theater. You know, like it's a, it, it is it is like that. You know, like yes, you can go and see it if you live in LA or if you live in New York yeah. or you live in Mexico City. But the, but you know, um, the ninety percent, the ninety nine percent of the post, of the people um, in or let's say no. Uh, well, in certain countries uh, um, uh, of Latin America, doesn't have the chance to go to a, a, a movie cinema, uh, a, a movie theater, just because there's not, or if it's, or if it is, uh, it's expensive, or they don't put the, the, you know, these sort of better films. They just right. put the blockbusters. They're putting Marvel you know, in there. <laughs> they're, they're putting... They put Marvel in there. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Um, All right. I, so... I, I've taken up an hour and a half. I'm so yeah. sorry, but you are so interesting and you are so eloquent in the way you've described your filmmaking. Uh, I'm just I'm just in awe of you and, and, and your work. So thank you so much. 
No, thank you, thank you. Let me let me just say goodbye with a with a with the oh, camera. With the camera? Oh, just yeah. want to see you. Yeah. If, if you're if if you're available. Yeah, to see I'm right here. <laughs> I, I just I just saw that uh, that video of somebody has having a a conference, you know, like a Zoom conference, and and took the the, the, the phone to the bathroom. Yeah. Did you saw that one. <laughs> hilarious i have to hide i have to hide in my bedroom so that the twins don't find me because once they find me i I thoroughly enjoyed this interview i mean to listen to the process of designing roma and thinking of working in that way i mean i've definitely bought smalls before i find the sofa but to really commit to that process in the film on every level is just fascinating and I'm so glad that he was able to share that. I'm like obsessed with Roma now. It's just so gorgeous and I just keep looking at all the dressing and the camera work. It's just dazzling. I'm so grateful to be able to talk to him for that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Next week's episode is production designer Bob Shaw. We talk about the Sopranos and Boardwalk Empire and the Irishman. He was just lovely to talk to. Um, You're going to like that one. And he has some beautiful songbirds singing in the background. Very calming. Um, So yeah, that's next week. If you would like to see some images from this interview of Ingino's work on Penn's Labyrinth or Roma, check out videos on Decorating Pages podcast website and the Decorating Pages podcast YouTube channel. They're just quick little picture pages to go along with this interview that you just listened to. So check it out. Hey, I want to thank you for everyone who has rated and actually took the time to review this podcast. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Deacon Design. Thank you so much for writing that review. It's so greatly appreciated. And if you feel the need to review the podcast on iTunes, I'm accepting four and five stars only. So go at it. Just kidding. But not really. <laughs> I hope you got an earful. I'm Kim Monup for Decorating Pages. Did you know you could social distance on a stogie floating? You can. It's seven foot long. Stogie Floaty, luxury pool float. Float in style. Available now on Etsy, Amazon, and stogiefloaty.com.